Right. So what, um, why do you think taboos are the way they are? Because we have different, we have different ones in society, right? Yeah. Stuff like sex, mental health, um, finances, especially finances in terms of like coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. So you have all that stuff. Why do you think that they're considered taboos? Because if anything, these are things that we actually should be prioritizing in terms of discussing. Yeah. So um, I think, like you already mentioned, that there are different types of taboos regarding different subjects and they vary like severely, not even from just country to country, but like sometimes from like region to region. So uh, the Philippines is normally a very sort of conservative, very prude society, at least they pretend to be, right? Mm. Um, And so there it's not really like socially, like it's not really like acceptable to like speak about sex openly uh, in most cases. Um, And I think that's just because of the the sort of religious aspect. Um, You know, Catholicism is very uh, strong in the Philippines. Um, Here in Germany, sex it's it's sort of a weird thing because um on the one hand like it's sort of taboo to speak about it in public but on the other hand like like pornographic material like is broadcasted on tv past 11 p.m so it's like it's it's weird um but i think that a lot of taboos surrounding sex come from either religious or like um traditional um uh, origins so because i think if you when you sort of define the word taboo um you associate words such as like sacred um yeah restricted prohibited like something that it doesn't have to be you know something that is sort of sacred in the sense that it's too this is it's something that shouldn't be touched in a sense yeah but it's essentially when you say something's taboo it's i kind of take it as a way of like this isn't okay this is something that we shouldn't be talking about under no circumstances <clears throat> yeah it often comes off that way um i think that like social taboos originate from the fact that um they were sort of control or um how how should i say this (laughs) they were methods or establishing taboos was a method of ensuring that a society would adhere to certain rules if you know what i mean it's sort of very similar to to a lot of religious are you saying it was kind of like a way to govern them exactly yeah but in a more like subtle way excuse me and um sort of on the household level because I think that's uh, like difficult to achieve by like certain rules. Because, uh, for example, um, you can see this in like uh, a lot of Islamic re- republics. It's illegal to like consume alcohol and pornographic material, and yet they still mm-hmm. exist, right? Um, and so I think taboos were established as a way to restrict this, the types of behavior that that they didn't want, to um, areas where they wouldn't be seen, you know in the sense that to, to do these things, you would have to hide. Um, so I think that's where it comes from. But when we discuss sort of taboos in modern society, so that includes stuff like religion, 
sex, money, you know, the mm. stuff that we just listed. You know, do you, like, I think you could agree with me that we should be talking about these things. Yeah, you see, so the problem is that as soon as you express any sort of critical um, thinking towards these things, or do you, or you challenge what the norm is, or what people want you to say about it? Um, it becomes a very touchy subject. Uh, religion is one of those big things. Sex is one of those very big things. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, for example, name any uh, a personal uh, encounter I had with that. <clears throat> so, I'm someone I, I I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I'm I'm, I'm not sure, but I don't really care. Uh, what two consenting adults do in the bedroom. It's not really m- any of my business, right? If it's a man and a man or a woman and a woman or whatever and a whatever. Um, <clears throat> but I do have a problem with this idea that um, same-sex marriage should be called a marriage because, um, for example, here in, here in Germany, getting married also has many financial um, benefits. And the reason that these financial benefits exist is because they're supposed to incentivize child rearing and um, the family, right? They're supposed to incentivize founding a family. Um, To help support that kind of lifestyle. Exactly. Now, the problem with a a same-sex marriage is that not not all, but these marriages tend to not uh, produce any offspring. Right. Um, And so the financial benefits for them essentially exist, even though they don't take advantage of it. Now, it doesn't mean that there are heterosexual marriages where there are no children. Should they also not benefit? That's, I suppose, an argument for another day. Um, I have no problem with a same-sex union, which legally is seen as the same as a marriage between a man and a woman. Right. I have no issues with that. I just have an issue with it being sort of place the same as a marriage um and that's a very unpopular opinion because mm-hmm. it, it seems like i'm i'm discriminating against uh, homosexuals or whatever your sexuality is and the truth is that i'm not because like i said if you if two consenting adults choose to do what they want to do in, in the bedroom that's fine and if they want to have a a a legally accepted union which puts them on the same level as a as a married couple, I'm all for that. Okay. Um, I just don't think that they should receive the same financial benefits that, for example, a man and a, wo- and a woman would receive, um, especially if they do have the intention of having children and founding a family, they, they need that money somehow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if, especially if then this, the same sex couple is going <clears throat> to choose to not have children. Uh, if that means that, for example, like, for example, here in Germany, two women in a a marriage they can have like an anonymous sperm donor that's that's legal here um and in that case i would argue okay maybe for them the rules can be bent but i think that's a like i said i'm i'm open to have this debate i'm open to to speak about it but people get very sensitive about this on both sides the very progressives want to say like oh you are discriminating against same-sex um uh couples and the very conservatives are saying that, like, oh, this you you are advocating for for this to even exist, like this, the, 
this shouldn't be that way. And that's not the case. I'm somewhere in the middle. Actually, I'm leaning more right. towards the progressive side because I don't think that like same sex um, couples are a problem, but whatever. You, you understand what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I do find that <coughs> that's sort of the general reaction. Um, it's not to say that their reactions aren't founded and something yeah. logical. But like a big thing for me is if you're if we're able to talk about religion in particular, because for me, I love cultures. I love learning mm-hmm. these traditions. Right now, I'm reading up more about Shintoism in Japan. Like, if we're able to have like a nice discussion about it, like, I think that's immensely valuable to me as an experience. Because yeah. not only. Like, I don't even need to agree with the person. Most of the civil conversations I've had with people who sort of have that opposite opinion of me in the sense that they're religious and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't agree with each other. But, I, you know, it, it gave me the opportunity to learn, like, why they view different things the way they do. And it yeah. gave me the opportunity to maybe uh, give them my point of view as well. I think religion is a sensitive topic because, um, and we discussed this on uh, our religion podcast, it's just, it's something that's very close to a lot of people. It's very closely related <clears throat> to how someone lives. Yeah. And another problem with that is that you're not just attacking like a person's personal beliefs, but you're also like attacking a, a um, an established system it's like it's like the same way <clears throat> i find a lot of americans take offense to any sort of criticisms towards the american lifestyle because they right. see it not as an attack on them but like as an attack on their country um so i think it's a similar thing with religion now what bothers me with religion is that i find especially anything that um that has an influence on public life and the way that people live. It Someone's needs character. Yeah, it it has to have. You you have to have you, you have to have the ability to openly criticize it, and without risking any sort of backlash. Um, and the truth is, a lot of these religious people they don't make it easy on themselves by reacting the way that they do. Yeah, but I also find that with other people who aren't religious as well. Like I've uh, I've been a part of conversations and where, I mean, it doesn't happen most of the time. Like, but I've always found that, like, this one time, this guy was an atheist, and he was just trying. Like he I, he was like hell bent on like tell trying to, and for lack of a better term, convert this mm. someone who someone who was religious, into like telling them and making them believe like think the way that he did yeah and i was like mate i mean i might agree with you in the sense of like because at that time i was sort of agnostic slash atheist mm. kind of thing it's like i i mean i I might side with you on this one but like this is kind of this is kind of crossing the line like this isn't a discussion anymore this is you trying to be the top dog like there's no benefit for anyone in this yeah yeah that's a problem in general though and it's the reason why I don't like partake in any sort of activity that's that's similar to that. 
I have my opinions and everyone else is entitled to have their opinions and their beliefs. No, I'm not at gonna, the end of the day, it's your own opinion. Exactly. And I'm not going to try to convince someone else of my own opinions. If, no. they, if they approach me and say, look, I want to know how you see this, I'll, I'll gladly have this conversation with them. But I'm never going to like sit down and try to convince them to change because stuff like that, it has, it has to come from, from yourself. Yeah. And it's like, if they're already a good person, like I, I wouldn't be even talking, I wouldn't be even be yep. talking to them if I didn't think that they were like a decent person that I could have a conversation with a thought provoking yep. conversation. But and, the thing with that is like, I, I find, especially in, in, in regards to, to taboos, they can also be super personal. Like, um, yeah, the, I think that's another reason why you, stuff that we consider taboos are taboos. Exactly, because um, I found it varies like very extremely from person to person. Some people have like certain things that they really, really, it's like people tend to call them like pet peeves, right? But um, in reality, that's kind of a taboo. Like people don't like it when you speak about that or do that uh, to them. Um, the truth for me is that like I think a lot of taboos also originate from a place of like either fear or like not wanting to know about something Mm, I think I kind of disagree with you on that okay Um, purely in the sense that I think taboos are the way they are is because so we tell each other as a society, that these are the things that we should not be open yeah. about. And I think it's because if, if we do, it incites you know, what you said, fear and misunderstanding mm-hmm. to whoever you may be talking to or maybe even yourself. Not necessarily the taboo because those topics are to be feared. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of what I meant, though. It's, it's like... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's similar, like... but I think... It's like a personal fear towards the topic. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think if everyone could maybe take a minute, you know, instead of yeah. acting off their like sort of initial reaction, because I've seen yep. it before of, and I've been guilty of this as well. And it's not even something that could be considered taboo. It could just be someone's, you know, opinion on something. It could be about me or something that I kind of care about. It could be like a social issue or something. And then they would say something and initially my reaction would, my, my emotions would be like, oh, I hate this person. <laughs> I really need to like tell this person like why what they're saying is wrong. Wrong, yeah. And it's like, I'm not very, I'm more of a passive person. So I'm not going to initially be like, grab them by the scruff of their like shirt and be like, hey, this is, this isn't good. Yeah. But I think it helped that I was a passive person. I still am a passive person. That because now that I didn't confront him, now I've sort of sat in that, of that feeling and started asking myself, oh, hang on, why am I mad? Like that's, and then, and then you go down that train thought of, that's true. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's their that's their opinion. It doesn't change of what you believe in. It mm. doesn't really change what I do as a person. And so I think if I think that's sort of the root cause in terms of 
trying, whenever someone tries to open up a conversation like that, and that's sort of the cause of why a discussion turns into an argument. Yeah, that's true. For me, though, what I, well, what I find so interesting is, for me personally, when I find that um, a conversation is going towards a topic which is taboo for me, I do one of two things. I, uh, I either choose to not partake in it, not because like, I don't feel like having the discussion. It's just that like, I know it's not going to bring any fruit, if you know what I mean. Mm. Or number two is sort of that I take part in the conversation and then I actively think about why I think this topic is a taboo. Um, right. Because I think that's a really important thing to do now and again. Just yeah, getting... It's, just it's, getting the same like, as a, it's the same as like swear words. Yeah. You know, if you just get pissed off um, when someone talks about something that's near and dear to you and you don't even bother to like maybe ask yourself why you're, you're getting so pissed off, to me, that doesn't really speak towards having principles or, or, or beliefs that are founded on your confidence in believing in them. Because... Um, if you really believed in something or you really, you know, thought some certain way about something, even if someone were to quote unquote slander those things, it wouldn't really piss you off. It shouldn't really piss you off because you're like, well, okay, that's an opinion, but I see it differently and it's okay that way. And I think it's sort of, it's also very important to sort of say and realize that your the way someone else may react in that way or whenever you react yeah. in that way it's not a wrong feeling it's very no no, no 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 um but it's taking the time to be like okay what am i going to do next yeah it's it's taking the time to be a little bit self-reflective in those moments uh it's taking the time to think about how how to react to something like that yeah um and before we have these sort of conversations um initially i'd be like well, well kind of i have that sort of attitude of why are you attacking me and i'd get defensive yeah but then i got into the practice of all right hang on that's their opinion and instead of questioning them of why they are essentially attacking me i started asking oh why that's do true. you think that way I and find, then yeah. I have that back and forth and it becomes a very like engaging conversation doesn't i it? find what what you're describing though doesn't happen that often because what you're describing no, is, definitely not. is no. a is an encounter where a taboo topic is being discussed by two people who are still keeping their calm right yeah. because or by two people who are at least willing to listen to the other party what i find it requires a level of maturity and level yeah. in and like i said it requires the other party to actually listen now and again because what i find so often regard in these t- taboo conversations is often that um people have their have their positions from the get-go and they're not willing to really like let go of them not really willing to listen to the other party and they just want to sit there and like you just described with the um atheist who's trying to actively cover people all they're trying to do is really shove their opinion down your throat and i have to be honest when i realize that, that the conversation is going to that level that's when i switch over to the mode where I'm like, you know what, if you're gonna if you're gonna try and do this, then either I'm just gonna walk out of this conversation or I reserve the right to make fun of you for what I think is silly, right? Right. Um, 
because if we can't have a like mature and normal conversation, then there's no real point in trying, right? Yeah, and we're also wasting both our times if you're just exactly. gonna not be yeah. open minded about it. And to be fair, taboo topics are <laughs> they're sort of the perfect way to incite that kind of a reaction because they tend to be things that are like um I would say close to home for a lot of people, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, as, it's, as we said, it's especially things like sex, politics, and religion. It's very close to yep. how they carry themselves, not only as their values, but as their character as well. Yeah. So it's very understandable when they react the way that they do, because now we run that risk of maybe insulting them as a human exactly. being rather than questioning the topic of you know whatever we want to discuss although i towards that i do have to say i find certain taboos really are stupid and like, like which ones um i find a lot of taboos surrounding sex are really stupid because because yeah. he, so here's the thing and um, this is not this has not really anything to do with a specific specific religion or any kind of belief system. It's just that like the more you um, try to instill upon, especially children and like teenagers, the more you try to like prohibit any sort of discussion about sex or any sort of exploration in sex, the more you incentivize it for them. It's kind of like telling a kid not to touch the hot stove right oh yeah now, now they're, they're gonna touch it how and then they're gonna touch it they're gonna touch it it's also and, kind of like that sort of um crazy high of, of repression isn't yep, it exactly because now you've been told that this isn't good or that you yep. should avoid it now you're curious now you, you yep. spend years building this up and when yep. you get the chance to do it you maybe overdo it exactly so i had i had a recent thought experiment with a friend who said like if you had a teenage daughter would you prefer to know that she's having sex or would you prefer like no no sorry would you would you prefer to know that that she's having sex in the sense that like she's open to you about it and you like you know who the sexual partner is and you know that everything's okay you know that she's safe and it's all consensual or would you prefer to know that your teenage daughter is having sex but you don't know really what's going on I'll I'll be I'll be perfectly honest with you I'd prefer option number one and I can already hear it everyone's gonna be like ah well I won't have to deal with those options because my teenage daughter won't have sex. I'll tell you something. Let me tell you something. Um, So we lived in the Philippines, which is a very Catholic, very prude country. And we, Mm -hmm. and we went to a Christian school. Oh, um, a former teacher of ours corrected me on this. They weren't Christian. It's a, a Episcopalian. Episcopalian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, an Episcopalian school it's nice that we don't even know that anymore um and all yeah, of us fucked all like a lot of us had sex in high school so don't give me the shtick like my daughter no 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 it's gonna happen so I'll be honest with you I'll prefer to know that she's doing it that who she's doing it with and where and what the circumstances are and I'd be okay with that and another thing not having the conversation with your kids about sex is doing them more harm than good because telling your kids what's up and knowing that like here's the thing if you talk 
and I'm very grateful that my parents always did this. My parents are always very open about talking about sex. And so what that instilled in me is this feeling that like, when I did start to be sexually active, I'm not ashamed to go and ask my parent if something's wrong. Yeah. If you have questions, you can go to them and be like, Hey, is this normal? And isn't that sort of like the most like important role as a parent in that stage of a child's life when they're becoming sexually active, that they can go to their parents and be like, listen, I don't like, I have a question. Is this supposed to be the way that it is? Mm -hmm. Like, your parents are like the first people that you should ask because like they're your parents, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why I think that a lot of taboos surrounding sex are stupid. And I think a lot of taboos surrounding like, like showing like nudity, like nudity, I think that's stupid because especially nowadays, if someone wants to see a naked person, the internet, oh, the internet, right? exactly. So like, prohib- there was also like this backlash of, you know, there's this game that came out or that was coming out called cyberpunk and uh the trailer had like all this violence and it had one scene of where the character which was a female was openly naked mm. and everyone had a problem with that that's so dumb i'm just like hey, hang on so you're you're not okay with the human body yeah but you're okay with like killing gunning uh slicing and all yeah that. yeah it's strange. Like, granted, it's a game but it's still sort of the same principle of like, what are you actually okay with? Especially because like, <laughs> people don't understand this, but there are cultures where like nudity, like, and, 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 and I'm not speaking about like ancient cultures. If you go to Finland nowadays, perfectly acceptable to be naked yeah. in a sauna with the opposite sex. There's mm-hmm. no shame surrounding that because, right? It's just the way that it is. And so I really don't understand why so many nations have this like, or so many cultures have this like aversion towards nudity because like, I'll be honest, I don't feel comfortable walking around like a public, like, like in my gym locker rooms, I don't walk around naked because it's just uncomfortable for me, but I don't, but I don't understand like this societal, like uh, fear of nudity. It doesn't make sense to me. It's just a human body. Like there's nothing wrong with it. But it's weird as well because uh, there's this movie that came out on Netflix called Outlaw King. Mm-hmm. which stars i think chris pine yeah chris pine and so it's him and this actress she i think it's the actress from the black widow movie the one that plays black it's widow's uh, adopted sister. i haven't i haven't watched it yet All right. so it's that actress and both of uh chris pine and the actress they get naked they get nude in the movie and everyone had a problem or they had like they were questioning Chris Pine on the nudity, not the actors. They were like asking him questions like, how do you feel about, you know, going bare in the scene? So it's kind of weird because there is a sense of taboo of nudity, but then when it comes to things like movies, there's sort of uh, sort of a double standard in the sense that yeah. women, it's okay to get naked, but when a guy does it, it's kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't get that that? because I find it very weird. That's weird. That's really weird. And he 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 was like visibly frustrated during that uh, uh, press junket because he's just like, why is everyone questioning just me? If if they're questioning me on being nude, why aren't they also questioning uh, the actress as well? And here's the thing for for a guy like 
I recently had this discussion with a friend of mine who's pretty conservative. And um, so he said, like, his argument was essentially like, um, I think, and I'm quoting him now, I think it's legitimate to, like, um, say that a man can be can feel sexually harassed by the way that a woman dresses and i was like well what do you mean and then he essentially went on to explain to explain that like well like i can i can look away yes but like if i see a see a woman with her breasts practically hanging out and her her ass practically hanging out out of her shorts and she's walking in front of me right first of all it's very difficult for me to see where i'm going (laughs) And second of all, like it's 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 an active effort that I have uh, to look away, um, and I'm I'm being sexually aroused when I do look, right? And then I said, well, well, do you think that like it's different if a man is uh, walking around without a shirt and if a woman is walking around uh, without a shirt and without a bra? And he said, yes. And this is the part where I agree with him, because uh, the the breasts of a woman are sexual organs. So like it's it's equivalent. Imagine this for a second. How, how absurd it would be if men had their um, their testicles on their chest for us to walk around with our testicles out, right? It, it would be weird. Are you saying that we have testicles on our chest? Or are you saying that testicles are comparable to a woman letting their boobs hang out? That the second thing is what okay, I'm saying. Okay, because you yeah. kind of confused me for a second. Yeah. So. As soon as you said that, it kind of clicked for me, but that's why I don't... So I understand even less why they were getting mad at Chris Pine because, like, to be honest, unless he's showing his genitalia, a man can be basically completely naked and it's not really, like, considered sexual. No, but that's the thing. I don't think they were getting mad at him. But also in the movie, he does show off his other bits, not just his ass. Okay. I mean... My thing is, like, you know, that's the human body, like... And, and I also mean, this is, look, this is uh, it's a movie. It's a form of art. Yeah, and if and if we find it acceptable that women show their breasts in movies, it should be acceptable that a man can show his penis in a movie. I see no yeah. problem with that. Yeah, the reason why I had a problem with this, it, with that sort of specific situation is because I got the feeling that as a society we kind of expect women to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and true. it's like, you know, as a guy, like if I saw more male nudity in films or in TV shows, I'd probably be more comfortable with my own body as well. In a to, sense. To be fair, to that effect, I would argue that um, in movies, we sort of see a lot of the naked human body from both um, sexes to an equal degree. Um, mm. You it's very rarely, for example, that you see a close-up of a woman's uh, groin area in a nude yeah. scene, right? You very often only see the breasts and her um, her and butt. Bum. Yeah. And for a man, you also tend to see them like without a shirt on, and sometimes with their with their bum, and sometimes maybe the, the frontal bits, right? Um, so I would even, but then again, for women, it's different because her breasts are like part of her like sexual organs, right? Yeah, it's like an extra sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah, but to that effect, I would sort of disagree with you. I think we see a proportion, proportionally, the same amount. Um, it's just that for men, it's less like sexual if they're walking around without a shirt, in a scene. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
whereas when it's with women it's mostly during like sexual context exactly yeah or it's it's automatically a um a sexual scene if a woman is bearing her breasts right but if Mm -hmm. a man's just walking around without a shirt it might not be a sexual scene right so interesting thought experiment here i think that the movie ratings would be like the uh, age restrictions would be different for the exact same scene where the exact same thing happens but in scene a it's a man walking through the scene without a shirt on and in scene b it's a woman without a shirt or a bra on right and they're doing the exact same thing exact same thing different age ratings even though it's actually the same thing right the human body yeah and so you see this is why i find like taboos towards sex like 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 sex and nudity so stupid it's because like it's something that's so natural and yet to be honest in this regard i for once agree with many feminists there are double standards it's it's stupid oh yeah definitely yeah and to be like look this is not even from my personal like 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 pleasure but for me at a beach if a woman were to bare her breasts it wouldn't really bother me because it's kind of like well okay but like I know that it's socially unacceptable, but for me it would really wouldn't make a difference because if I'm allowed to walk around w- without a shirt, why isn't she? But if a guy is going full, full on nude, that would yeah. be unacceptable as well. Well, I would also find me personally, my I would find it unacceptable if a woman were to then take off the bottoms of her bikini. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, because the truth is that those are the real like components of your reproductive organs. So, whatever. Right. And like going back to the taboo of sex, like obviously it is important that I think you should be able to talk about that with yep. your family or just your parents. But I kind of do find it frustrating when I can't also talk about it with you know people I'm friends with. There's a there's actually a really funny German adjective for people like that. Um, it, it doesn't really translate well into any, any English word, but. Um, it like basically means prude, but like the German word is much more extreme in in describing it because it's more like it's not just being prude; it's also being like it's having this aversion towards sex. Um, yeah, like you're almost, in a sense, you're almost sort of repulsed by it. Yeah, exactly. Which is weird because it's actually something that like I don't want to say every human, but like a majority of humans strive strive to want right and on a primal level yes i think so yeah because on a primal level i think if we're talking about men alone we are programmed to like want to have sex with most of the women that we encounter yep it's not us thinking oh she's beautiful i want to like Uh, be with her it's more just like oh wow yeah so i'm having feelings now so so we've now reached a part of the conversation where i have to bring up the uh the uh, taboo of polygamy. Of uh, polygamy. So having numerous oh, partners. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Unfortunately, what you just described is sort of a biological dichotomy. Mm-hmm. So for a female, it's actually not. Um, it's not beneficial to have numerous sexual partners just biologically because ideally you want to find one mate that fulfills your needs and the can provide the genes that you want right and then just mate with that 
mate, right? Um, so for females, actually a monogamous situation is actually more beneficial biologically. Now you could argue that the gene pool is bigger in a polygamous uh, situation. The thing is that like you can't always guarantee um, that you can't always guarantee your safety during the pregnancy, right? As a female. Right. Now as a male, it's kind of different. It's as a male, it is beneficial <laughs> if we consider that back then you'd have to pay child support and all this stuff. But um, it's beneficial for you to actually have sex with as many women as you can to further your genes, right? That's kind of the point of you as a male is to be the. That's like the primal sort of. Yeah, exactly. That's mission, the, if if you want yeah. to call it something. Yeah, exactly. Your your mission as a male is actually only one thing: it's uh, to make sure that you propagate your genes by producing and taking care of offspring, right? Yeah. Um, but then again, that's like, at least in many societies, big taboo, right? It's unacceptable for both men and women to have um, more than one partner. No, because we... Unless, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> unless the man does it and is discreet about it. Then, like, I found this so strange about cult the culture in the Philippines how some like wives would essentially just accept the fact that their that, that their husbands had mistresses as long as he didn't like openly bear it. Oh, okay. And I found that like I found it strange that they would make a big deal about it if they know it's happening anyway. Right. This happened in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this this was so at, at least in the well, province. We were there. Yeah. At at least in the province where I um lived uh it was pretty rampant like where men would just like have like a side woman and things oh, like wow. that. yeah Ooh. but then again it, it the other way around was unacceptable it was like the man oh, would, so, the, so the woman couldn't have so the husband would always were... yeah yeah so the okay. husband would always make a big deal out of it if he even suspected that the woman had another man that's weird yeah, but then again, it. Uh, I'm not arguing that this should be the way that that things are, but just from a primal biological standpoint, it's sort of the sexual dichotomy that does exist in nature. Yeah, so I mean, so we have that sort of primal nature, I guess that yeah. you could say. Now, in the context of our modern society, mm. where numbers isn't a problem, yeah, where it's more important to have your own career which is why less people are probably getting married yeah especially well, since women are now now relatively um recently i would say maybe are now just getting the opportunities and are now being able to focus on their career like what do you think that does now with that sort of dynamic that we could say that we had naturally before on a primal level to now yeah. because as a guy i don't really feel the need to sleep with i mean i do have that primal like thing of like yeah i would have sex with her but i so, don't feel the need to do that yeah so and here's the thing as when well you... as i don't really want kids and i don't feel the need to have kids so when you see a hot woman at least i would argue for most guys it's this way your your primal sort of reaction is like oh it would be really nice to have sex with her Mm -hmm. um but that's sort of a fleeting feeling and then it sort of goes over into this feeling of like oh that's nah you know 
either it's uh, it's inappropriate or it's unacceptable like <laughs> do you think that's because of the social like yeah uh, climate that we're in now we're sort of conditioned to be like hang yeah. on that's not that's not the way that we should be acting now. exactly so like a right. uh, similar situation honestly i would argue that when men and women are in the same workplace right if a woman is like just normally like normally attractive her male co-workers will see her and will at least once have like that fleeting thought of having sex with her right it's mm -hmm. unfortunately a, a bitter truth um but in only the very rarest of cases does it actually happen where it's consensual you know i know that there are cases of like rape in the workplace i don't want to diminish well, that like harassment as well yeah exactly that was more of a problem in the recent years rather than yeah. now i think exactly so that does happen but like obviously like a majority of your male co-workers are going to have like this feeling thought of like oh it would be nice to have sex with her um but it doesn't happen in most cases because uh we adhere to certain social norms and at least for me it's inappropriate especially in the workplace to have sex with mm -hmm. your co-worker in regards to what you just asked, I, th I think that's a good way to explain it. There are sort of, you have your primal instincts and then you have instincts that are instilled upon you by your society. Um, and the times that you're in. Yeah, exactly. Because this for, could all change in the near future as well. Oh, definitely. For example, um, from a primal biological uh, standpoint, it makes zero sense to put yourself into harm's way to save the life of a complete stranger someone that you don't know yeah because now you're risking your life exactly it makes no sense but something that... but let's say you're you're walking through the city and you see um someone being beat up by two guys maybe you won't like get in there and like physically stop it but you'll call the police right you'll help yeah you'll do something you'll do something to help or at least yeah. like tell them to stop right right so you're in, quote, in air quotes putting yourself in harm's way um so yeah, there are primal things and then there are things that you're conditioned to do. Um, you see you see this a lot with uh, former uh, armed service, um, uh, armed forces servicemen or, or service women. Um, uh, they're often the first ones in a gunfight to run towards the shooting, but away for it, uh, <laughs> as normal people do. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of conditioning that uh, can actually go into the way a person behaves. But like I said, I think that there are certain primal things. That, for example, what my buddy, who's a conservative, said: like when a when a hot woman walks by you in the summer and her breasts are basically hanging out, it's not like you actively choose to look there. It's kind of you almost feel like your eyes are just like drawn to it. Yeah, there are certain things that you are like programmed deep in your DNA to look out for, um, and it has nothing to do with the fact that men can't control their sexual like. Um, uh, drives just like that's the way that things are yeah i mean it's a weird feeling of like you know i don't want to act like this yeah but it's, it's sort of at, just at, it's sort of a, kind of like a knee-jerk reaction yeah that's actually a brilliant brilliant way to, to describe it when a woman walks past you and you can basically see her breasts it's not like you choose to look there it's just sort of that like your eyes like get pulled towards it um, it's not even, it doesn't even have to be physical. It could just be like smell as well. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, you know, as guys in general, we don't really tend to smell the best. Yeah. But, but when, uh, I don't even think it can be women now. It's just, I think in general, if someone walks by you and it's like pleasant, 
I think yep. that's what it is. Yeah. It's pleasant. Um, it's not necessarily sexual. I think it's just programmed in our mind to be like, hey, that's, yeah. that's a pleasant thing. Or it just might be different. And, yeah. Might just be something that you didn't expect. Yeah, it could just be something like, yeah. oh, hang on. That's that's new. That's yeah. something that's new that's, stimulate, that's stimulating my brain right now. Yep. Um, interesting caveat to that also. Um, what I do often notice is like, um, super interesting fact about humans is like we have very selective hearing, actually. Um, yeah. And so I always find it interesting how in a room full of people talking, like if there's an if there's a noise which actually doesn't fit into that soundscape, your your like sensory system picks it up right away. Um, if yeah, you manage you to hear of, it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you kind of filter it. Yeah. So going back onto like this whole taboo thing, how do you feel about race and discussing ethnicities and cultures? Right. So I find it uh, interesting that we seem to accept that there are races or breeds of dogs, but we refuse nowadays to accept that there are races and breeds of humans. I'm not trying to say that we should segregate and stuff. No, definitely not. Um, but I think at, to some certain degree, we have to accept that um, there are different phenotypes of humans. That's, I'll bring up some of my scientific uh, vocabulary here. There are, there are different phenotypes of humans uh, and these stem from the different genotypes of humans. Um, now, does that mean that a person whose phenotype is, uh, you know, darker skinned is less worth than a person whose phenotype is like lighter skinned? No, absolutely not. Because um, at the end of the day, we're all just humans. Um, so as far as that's concerned, I think, for example, I think it's not politically incorrect to say like, um, or to, 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 to describe certain eth ethnicities as let's say Asian or black or white or whatever, right? Um, I think describing it as that is not a problem. I think as soon as you begin to discriminate based on that, that's a problem. Um, and that's why I don't really like this whole modern PC culture surrounding ethnicity and race, because I'll be honest with you as a colored person myself, I really don't think that like a lot of the comments that people perceive to be racist are meant that way. No. And I agree with that bit. And I'll I couple that with a story mm. of when I first moved to, um, that's the uh, town where I worked at a pub. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was very early on of my like sort of working there and being in that town where I was pretty much the only sort of colored person there. Mm. And I had this coworker and we're shutting the pub, we're cleaning up. Her dad comes to pick her up. So, you know, she does the friendly thing. He's like, she introduces me and my sister to her dad. He's like, hey, this, you know, this is, this is Alec. Mm. And uh, they're going to be working with us from now on for a while. And immediately, without hesitation, her father goes, why do you have normal names? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, you know, I don't remember what my sister's reaction was, but I laughed because I thought that was really funny. Yeah. But to, 
to be honest was like embarrassed she was like oh my god come on dad why are you saying he didn't mean it that way you're racist yeah exactly he didn't mean it that way yeah and i think that's why these taboos uh, topics are the way they are in terms of like taboos because people initially take it the wrong way yeah people are just people are just too sensitive about some shit like that i mean in in the in their defense um some people could sort of initiate that discussion yeah not so good ways yeah but at the end of the day i think it's people understandably being defensive about it but yeah being too close-minded to the fact that they may actually just want to have a nice discussion and be curious about whatever they want to bring it was probably 99.9 percent just a genuine question because he didn't check it at that second no, I, and I also bring yeah. it to the small town sort of kind of ignorant kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Dude. Some people may view it as a bad thing because now he could potentially offend someone. But then again, it's like being offended is a choice as well. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, how many times in my life do you think I've heard the phrase like my name doesn't fit to my appearance? So fucking often. I was telling uh, when I was telling uh, a couple of friends that we were doing this podcast, mm. I showed them the artwork. Oh, wait, no, I, I told them like I, I was doing this with a mate of mine mm. who's called Lewis and we went to high school together. He was like, oh, another Filipino? Like, no, he technically he's half German. He's like, yep. oh, what's his last name? Shevzik. It's, and Pol- it's like, a Polish last name. That's, <laughs> that's Polish. And I'm like, yeah. man, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's, half, he's half German. He has a yeah. fucking... Polish name but it's yeah it does kind of get mixed up with all those sort of ignorant kind of things doesn't it exactly yeah and And it's nothing to get mad at as well it's it's just the way that they are yeah and the sort of intentionally hateful and the people who who are intentionally hateful (laughs) to be honest this is the sad truth for all of you racists and like uh um how should i say this uh race theorists out, yeah or, or or like race theorists out there sooner or later most people are going to look like me and you with different varying shades of darker and lighter and that pertains to skin eye and hair color because the truth is now that people more than ever have started to like travel to different countries and inevitably have sex with each other and produce offspring people are going to more likely end up looking like you and I. Right. Because and a lot a lot of biologists are of are, are of this opinion. It's not, it's not to say that I'm trying to say that like uh you know the, the white people are gonna be extinct. No, it's just that like it's gonna be varying degrees of this. Um yeah. it's just gonna be a mixture, isn't it? Yeah. And truth is like okay, people are always gonna look a little a little different, but at some point the differences are going to become like like let's say that now the differences can be compared to a scale from one to 10. And at some point they're going to be on a scale from like four to seven. Yeah. So the differences are going to shrink. It's just going to get mixed. Yeah. And I'm sure to this point, we are already mixed. Dude. Like to the point where we, the fraction would be just inexplicable. Like don't even try. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure but if you and I were, way... were to take these like ancestry DNA tests, some wacky shit would come out. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably find out that I'm from China. Yeah. <laughs> or some weird surprising thing like that. But even if we take it as like 
what we do know now. So like, you know, for sure that you're most likely a half German, half Filipino. That's because your parents were fully one or the yep. other. Exactly. That's how I view myself as a half British, half Filipino. Yep. So say if I, we were to have kids with some other people who are mixed. Mm. Now that offspring is going to have those fractions. Quarters. And then yeah. that one is going exactly, to, yeah. you know, and it's, it, it just continues. And that's the truth. I mean, like here. So currently I'm with a, with a white woman. Um, both of her parents are from Poland. So like just co- actually like a mix of Caucasian and a, a, a Slavic peoples, I suppose. Um, but people just call her white because she is white. Um, but the truth is that, like, if we were to have offspring, they would be mixed already, even though she's pure white. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, my. Yeah. Like, it also like my it also kind of does depend on the genes as well. Like, my friends in Sweden, they recently mm. had a baby. So one is the one in Sweden that I talked about before. He's actually mm. Polish. Mm-hmm. And. Um, his partner is Filipina. Mm-hmm. Their baby looks Filipino. Yeah, it tends to be the thing that like uh, the reason mixed babies look like you and I is because the Asian or the darker colored genes tend to be stronger. Um, that's not just for skin color. That's for your hair color, your eye color. Also um, just your features like nose as well. Exactly. A lot of the uh, Asian and African uh, features are um from a genet- from a genetic standpoint often uh, more dominant than the caucasian features yeah. it's kind of the reason why um having for example an african one african parent and one caucasian parent usually yields also like uh, <laughs> i speak of it as if it's like kind of a, a chemical process whatever but they usually have offspring that are somewhere in between it's like a mix um but the features tend to be more focused from the African side of the genes um, with sort of here and there like signs of the Caucasian ancestry and yeah. that's again a lot of like white supremacists and racists and race theorists don't like to hear this but that's unfortunately the truth uh, if, we, if we were to mix the entire population of the world so like have like this and some kind of an enforced system right um Unfortunately, certain phenotypes wouldn't be, go like completely extinct, but they would become extreme minorities. For example, blonde hair, blue eyes would rapidly almost disappear uh, because these are recessive traits. It's a mutation. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not genetically sort of normal. Exactly. The only way actually to get a blonde haired and blue eyed um, a uh, baby is if either you are you your mix your genes are a mix of dominant and recessive or both of your parents have recessive genes right the thing is i like i view like the topic of race and ethnicity as something that's been growingly been more open to talk about same with uh you know how the discussion of how we interact as human beings yeah particularly towards um, male and female but there is still sort of a stigma behind it what do you think that is in regards to uh race and ethnicity 
yeah like just having a normal conversation of like oh you know like where are you from or like you know so yeah, yeah i yeah. found that you know black or white people do this like do you have yeah. any might, so, maybe insight towards that like that's a perfectly like yeah comfortable question i think same so as a as a mixed person myself i can say that there certainly are and this is again like country dependent but um there are things that like white people do and then there are things that like colored people do right oh, um yeah and i'm a big fan of the uh, saying that like stereotypes uh don't exist for no reason right um yeah. and people don't want to hear this but like it's just sort of the truth we asians we tend to cook three times a day right whereas a white household just, might might only cook yeah. once a day and like rice is life yeah exactly and like the kinds of foods we cook tend to be more like uh pungent or like fragrant mm -hmm. so for example it's like always a, a, a an issue if in like in a in like a condominium like the some white tenants might say like oh it's it's annoying to have asian or like african neighbors because the food is very rich is... in flavors and exactly, now yeah. the smell is very strong exactly yeah uh and then conversely the asian and the african people say well the food that white people eat is just bland um yeah yeah I hear, like they don't know what spices are yeah it's funny because the brits colonized india but uh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so certain stereotypes do exist um but then again i think to be honest that a lot of the uh modern controversy surrounding certain topics don't actually come from let's say white people actually discriminating against black or colored people it's and i again i hate to say this but it's just like this is really my opinion it, it also comes from this idea that uh, black and uh, colored people, myself included, we we tend to 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 overstate what's really happening, right? Now I understand that in America, the African American community is very much discriminated against in certain things, right? But not everything that, for example, the Black Lives Matters, um, Black Lives Matter, sorry, uh, movement um, propagates is true. Um, so, so um, I should have actually pulled up the research on my phone before, or the spreadsheet that I had on my phone before I said that. But um, so it's true that there are certain things that are um, tougher for the African American community. For example, um, getting apartments or houses in certain neighborhoods is pretty much impossible. Yeah, discrimination. Um, that you have you have this concept of uh, housing discrimination it's actually even though huh, nobody no, no one in government really, really wants to admit that it was actually a government um experiment or project really um yeah so the so the banks actually uh perpetrated this kind of a filtering system where um african-american families would only receive uh, loan approvals to a certain to purchase certain properties in certain neighborhoods. All right. Um, or African-American families could only rent or would only be taken as tenants to rent certain, to rent in certain neighborhoods. Um, but for example, um, in universities, in certain regions, again, not in 
every region in certain universities, the black community is actually overrepresented in comparison to the white community. So it's not, it's, there is discrimination does exist, but it's not as, it's not, it's not as the way that BLM paints it, that there is a truly like a, a, a two system society where blacks can do certain things and can't do certain things and whites can do certain things and can't do certain things. That would be more like the system that existed in South Africa with uh, apartheid. Yeah. Because that's kind of what they're describing. Um, so again, it's not, it's not to deter from or to de- detract from what the movement is trying to achieve, which is uh, more reduction in discrimination, which I'm absolutely for. Just it's to be, just, basically just to be treated like a human being exactly. because they are human beings. Absolutely. And I think that's sort of my, just to come back to this uh, topic of t- taboo regarding e- ethnicity and discussing it, I think all of us, and that includes us people of color, we all need to sort of calm down a little bit and realize that like the end goal yeah. of all of this is just for us to be treated as humans. And the way that we do that is not by rioting and looting in the city and destroying businesses. The way that we do that is we have civil civil discourse over it and we treat others the way that we want to be treated. That's how you get shit done. But some would, other, some would also argue that if you do things that way, things will not get done. Yeah, so here's the thing. I agree to a certain extent, but the alternative which the which BLM seems to and Antifa seem to have taken up is to destroy the neighborhoods that they're trying to improve. That doesn't make any sense. That makes even less sense than attempting civil discourse. So it's not a surefire solution, but it's a million times better than the rioting and the looting that we saw in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I never understood. I never understood this concept of, uh, of saying I am discriminated and now I want to forcefully um, protest that by destroying the neighborhood that I live in or that people of my ethnicity who are discriminated against live in. That's stupid. I think it's sort of the same. Uh, I have the sort of same outlook on any kind of social issue when people or when that sort of movement or group take to that direction of generally negative sort of um energy yeah so like the rioting i don't agree with i do agree with the movement in this in the same fact that you know black people are uh, yeah people of color are discriminated against yep and that they need to be treated as a human being because yes. hey, yeah. surprise, they we're, are human we're beings. We're fucking human beings too, yeah. And it's the same, and it's the same thing with like women's rights movements and like equality yeah. movements. So I was about it's to like, bring that I up. I don't. Yeah, it's like you know, as a as a as a guy, I do not disagree with it. I am a, I am full support of what the movement represents. Yeah. Because you know, we all have mothers, we all have sisters, cousins, partners. We all yep. want them to succeed. We all want them to be safe. And we don't want anything to fuck with that just because they are female. Yeah. But it's when, and keep in mind, this is a small portion of the group. When women start to 
be sort of that negative kind of like see so you're, that's where you're, I would, you're part of yeah. the problem like this isn't working it's like they're being they're more concerned with shouting rather than having a discussion so that's where i would kind of agree with you uh, uh no kind of kind of disagree with you sorry okay. um and this is just my anecdotal experience i have yet in my city in my three years of being here now i've yet to meet a single a young woman who had, who self-identifies as a feminist who is capable of holding a conversation in which she is able to actually also understand where, where a man might be coming from. I haven't met a single one. And that's why I say I am not I am not against women's rights. I am not against equal rights. From in my eyes, it's always sort of been the natural thing to do. Why should a man uh, have be, be preferred in certain scenarios over a woman although there are certain job restrictions again coming back to the military I think you know if you're physically incapable of meeting the physical requirements as a woman then maybe it's just not your, your field but whatever that's a topic for another day um, I'm all for that I'm I'm all for equality but I I personally identify the modern take on feminism and the modern move feminist movement as to be honest nothing more than just like a man-hating propaganda spewing progressive radical group that's what i see them as and that's why i say when people ask well like how do you stand and or how would you describe yourself in your stance towards uh rights of men and women i would say i'm an absolute egalitarian i think both should just have at least legally uh the exact same rights yeah i i view it the same in the sense that i think it's just all about balance and everyone just sort of just needs to stop shouting but here's the thing For every single time i've said what i've just said and it's most often been at the end of one of these i can't call it a conversation it's most often a rant from um this woman and then towards the end i, I always say like yeah i don't I, th- I see the modern feminist movement as nothing more than a radical propaganda spewing man-hating group that's a very taboo thing to say especially apparently where i where i'm living because it's it's just unacceptable to say that you don't agree with feminism and it's also unacceptable for me for example to say that i don't identify as a feminist because i don't identify myself with that group because that would also be comparable to talking with someone who's religious and saying that what they believe in is um, i wouldn't say bullshit but you give your reasons as to why you don't yep do you know what i mean like it's not that you're saying that what their thing is doesn't matter exactly it's just this is my experience with it and again and that goes back to you know how people initially react to these sorts of topics and again i think i think i failed to have a discussion regarding religion in my life where I have criticized the, um, the, the, the faith and not the institution. I, I think that's never happened. I've never criticized the faith of, like, the spiritual faith of that religion as opposed to the institution. I've always only severely criticized the institution. Right, it's never been about the teachings or yep. the lore of it. It's always been about how maybe 
how do I put this? How the groups may use it to govern. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, to be honest, I can't say it any clearer than, than the way I said it on our religion podcast. Think and believe whatever you want to think and believe as long as you don't harm anyone else. I don't, I don't care. But yeah. as soon as the institution that is attached to your faith begins oppressing people, which let's be honest, <laughs> institutionalized Islam does this, the institutions within Christianity do this. Um, in Judaism, it's hard to make a point, especially as a German, that uh, they uh, uh, oppress people because to be honest, most of the time they are the oppressed, which is true. Um, and that's what I criticize. I criticize the institutions because they begin to oppress other people. Yeah, and you can sort of compare that with like the women's rights kind of thing. Yep. Because we're I, not saying that yep. they're wrong, yeah. but the way that they're going about it isn't helping it. No, no, and, and here's the thing. They are wrong because modern day feminism has nothing to do with, with equal rights for men and women. Nothing. No, I think what they're doing now, it's far beyond what it, the actual movement is exactly. about. My... <laughs> my subjective opinion on it is they're trying to replace many thousands of years of patriarchy, which is true, which has existed uh, with now a 10,000 year matriarchy. That's what they're trying to do. Uh, Okay. And I just don't agree with that. So how would you sort of suggest people go about these taboo topics? Because we're both in agreement that these things do need to be talked about more yeah. openly. So it's very difficult for me to give any advice because at least on a political and moral ethical um, scale, I identify as more of a libertarian, um, not to go too deep into politics, but for example, I think I'm a big fan of having as little government as possible. Um, and that's something that's, that should actually be popular with a lot of groups, but isn't because a lot of these new radical groups, they want to enforce certain things. And that's uh, actually more identifying in with uh, more right-leaning political ideologies. So it's very difficult for me to give any advice because it's very difficult to, to prescribe a plan on how to talk about these these topics when my my entire political and moral compass points to the fact that like there should be as little governance of these topics in general as possible um but what i would say is when these conversations do pop up be respectful um that's very important because it's okay to criticize but criticize respectfully that's i think that's sort of an art in and of itself and number two would be to actually also listen sometimes, you know, dish out your points, but then also listen. I think it's also like, yeah, what you said about listening, it's just, I think it's just being open-minded Yeah. and sort of, I think maybe just realizing that it's, you don't need to change your beliefs or your yep. values, but it's definitely not going to hurt hearing the other person out. Exactly. Um sort of an interesting way that I like to look at it is like you can never hear too many opinions yeah um I mean I think that's why I'm always like the fact that I was a quiet person 
it's because now i've sort you get of to hear. Yeah. worked on my observation skills and being like listening and observing how people act yep. what they say and i've learned a lot from just you know listening that's sort of where the uh, quote comes from that the most powerful person in the room is the last one to speak because he's now the one who has all of the opinions yeah i mean it's not even because i want to be that kind of person it's just i like yep. learning new things i like it when i learn something and it challenges what i've been thinking of and if it can change my opinion on it i think wow, that's, i think that's fantastic yep. because now i've learned something and yep. it's actually changed my now you've sort of added to your life mind yeah but i suppose for me in closing i would say that my my, my general opinion on taboo topics is just that like I, I think the concept of having a a topic which is taboo to talk about is stupid because to me, nothing is above reproach, and nothing is a nothing is above um, being discussed. Nothing is above being criticized. Um, everything is up for discussion. Everything is up for criticism, and it's okay. And that's honestly the only way to actually live in a progressive and modern society. Because look, the thing that's is another thing, right? Because yeah. society, our world, is always changing. Exactly, and, look, and we're not, we're not always going to get it right. Yeah, I don't think we've ever really gotten it right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as we change as a society, if we, I don't, in my opinion, I think we, if we can't have these talks openly about these topics, like how are we going to coexist in the future? Because we're so butthurt about almost everything now. Yep. Not, not, not just that, but the truth is like, we have some real problems facing us in the next couple of decades um and if we can't even find a way to come together and speak about let's be honest like problems that are just made up in our heads how are we going to tackle some of the real real issues that are going to come yeah for me it's more of just a learning thing yeah. which could you know benefit what you're talking about of because everyone, I think no matter who you are, you have something to bring to the table. Yeah. And I will always be open to hear it. I want to hear it. It's actually a, what, what you're describing is a very interesting um, little caveat. The uh, Special Air Service of the uh, British Army has this very weird tactic, which actually I think that they sort of pioneered whenever a situation comes up and uh, a team leader has to consult on a tactical plan, he will gather everyone, even the most junior um, operators, mm -hmm. and just ask how they would do it. Yeah, because now you have second opinions on how they look at a certain yep. topic. Exactly. And, in, you know, in general, I like, I mean, it's one of the biggest reasons why we even started doing this podcast is to not, not, not just because we like having these conversations yep. with each other and other people in real life, but it's still maybe help other people to, you know, show them like, hey, you know, it's actually okay to discuss these it's, things. It's okay to talk about this and it and like it's okay to talk about this and just remain calm. Like yeah. you don't you, you don't have to explode into screeching and screaming. That's the one thing I really don't like about today. It's no it doesn't seem like any the majority of people know how to 
keep a level head. Yep. And like I said, that's um, that's what we kind of discussed in the last podcast. You know, when is it when is it beneficial to show your emotions? When is it beneficial to not show your emotions? And I think that especially in a discussion, uh, it's eventually going to become emotionally driven, right? Mm-hmm. But it's important to keep a level head. And I think I at least have a lot of respect for the people in my life who I know can keep a level head, even when the, the, the talking gets tough, right? Um, and that's why I think, again, just reiterate, I think that the topic of having anything as a taboo topic is, is, is stupid. So the, just that concept, it's, because it means that certain things are like untouchable and nothing yeah. should be. And it's also that transfer of, for lack of a better term, that transfer of energy, isn't it? Yeah. In the same way that if I get mad at you, you'll be mad, but you but it's because I directed that anger yeah. at you. Exactly. And so it's the same sort of yeah. thing of like, um, you know, don't fuck with me and I won't fuck with you. If you're going to come at me half cocked, I'm going to yeah. come at you guns blazing. Yep. Definitely. And if you come with me over the level head and, you know, an open mind, I'll do the same thing. Yep. But that's, again, that's just beneficial to have as an attitude in general, just to yeah. uh, just approach things. I don't want to say to approach things like in a lethargic manner, because a lot of people think coming in level headed means to just be like sort of chilled out. No, it means coming in and being focused on what the task is or what the discussion is, whatever and not letting your emotions get the better of you yeah it's, it's not being aloof it's yeah. not like you're being flaky on the subject you're focused on it yeah but you're also focused on okay how do i feel about this why do i feel about this and vice versa you say you, you ask yourself why that other person uh, may view the way they view things and then you act on that yeah absolutely and it's, I think it's just good for life because I love having these conversations. I love having these thought-provoking conversations. Yep. I love it when people can make me question my entire belief system of yeah. is this sort of how I want to do things or do I need to change a bit more? And at some point, just the nature of these conversations means that it's going to be, or it just, it just dictates that it's going to become uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it's very much ingrained within your character. Yep. I mean, I think, for example, it would be unnatural for someone to stand in a room full of people who openly criticize everything that you that they, that they do and feel nothing. Yeah. That would You're be very unnatural. Yeah. Like back when I was, you know, programming or like doing some design work for websites. I would get like second opinions on it. And I know that there were like, there were criticisms of, and they would help me to be, be a better designer, Constructive. And, yeah. you know, put out a better product. Yeah. But there was always like this pit in my stomach of like, oh, wow, they, I feel so bad. I, I, yeah. I feel like I need to like fight for why the, the version that I'm showing them is good and it doesn't need any sort of improvements. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's this, refusal to want to give up something that you feel is your intellectual property or just the way that you see things it's a natural thing 
Um, yeah, because in the same way, because um, so say the website is like a metaphor for my religion, if I ever had one, mm. and I discuss it with someone, and then they start criticizing it. Yeah, it's you know it's dear to me the website because I've worked on it. Like I have gone through the rigor mortis of going through the code, going yeah. through test designs and all that. And now it, someone's telling me, oh, here's, a, here's something that's wrong. Yeah. Understandably, I'm going to get like, I'll feel a certain way. Or even, but... even worse is like when they then come out with the, the same outcome, but their way is much shorter. And you're like, God fucking damn it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's comparable to that. In the sense that it's understandable why people react the way that they do. Yeah. It's because it's something that's very dear to them. Yeah. Whether they know it or not. And it's something that's very much in a way it it could people may perceive it as a reflection on them as well. Yeah. And I think it's very important to just be open to the fact that even if it does seem like someone is attacking their intentions aren't that way. Yeah. Obviously, it's obvious when someone is attacking. But being able to recognize when someone isn't and be like, okay, this yeah. guy wants to have a nice conversation. I mean, the truth is that constructive criticism is still criticism. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's difficult to um But then again, it's, it's another viewpoint, isn't it? And it's necessary. Um, yeah is necessary for for betterment like when i have a discussion about meditation and yoga and people sort of give me that energy or uh feedback of oh that's i feel like that's more of like a hippie kind of thing mm. i do feel a certain way but i also understand why they feel that way as yeah well. there's a certain connotation with it so i do have to take a second to be like no oh, don't get mad yeah <laughs> you know at the end of the day it, you know, these conversations about these topics that uh, modern societies may deem as taboo, I think we need to be able to open up about them more. It may not be to, towards everyone. I definitely don't think we should do that. But maybe just with people you trust and maybe others that you know, you can kind of get the sense of who they yeah. are, even if you haven't met them. Well, yeah, I agree. And just being open-minded and level-headed. Yeah. I think those are the, the two biggest things that we can take away from this. It's just yeah. like, it's important to be open-minded and for as long as possible, maintain a level head. Yeah. I mean, obviously there are things that you probably shouldn't uh, tell yeah, regardless yeah. of who you're talking to. But, you know, I think we're all smart enough to realize what to tell and what not to tell. Yeah. I mean, there's politically incorrect and then there's politically incorrect. Like, like <laughs> it's also someone... just me. It could also just be personal stuff that yeah. maybe, eh, you probably shouldn't be sharing that. Yeah. There's asking or there's, yeah, there is saying stuff and then there's being a jackass. Mm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just conversations open conversations yeah. learning from each other and yeah good vibes pretty much yep right i think we're gonna end it today Sorry. for that All right bye everyone <laughs>